to the Boxing Rant Podcast. Leave your kid gloves at home. But I'm the best ever. My style is impetuous. There's no one that can match me. I'm the most brutal and vicious and most ruthless champion that's ever been. My defense is impregnable. What up, what up, fight fans? Welcome back to episode 302 of the Boxing Rant Podcast. I'm Kenny Keith, and I'm joined as always by Vince Cummings. What up, Vin? What's going on, brother? You know, it's starting to become a thing when Caleb Plant fights for me. It's a bit of a nostalgic feeling. I get taken back to the days of Jinko jeans, Nautica polos, cool water cologne. Just that 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 old early 90s feeling just comes over me, Ken. It just washes over me. And I'm starting to love it. The days of ruffled socks with your Sean Kemp kamikazes. <laughs> listening to listening to first of the month by bone thugs and harmony you got you got to get them ruffles right on them socks son nice yeah it's got to be scrunched the right way you know how oh. much time i spent scrunching them socks player oh man i know dude he tried to be like act all like bad and tough You're like worse than a girl <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Caleb Plant versus Caleb Truax last night, the PBC on Fox. But we'll get to all of that. Uh, We got news and notes. Josh Taylor and Jose Ramirez look like they have a date um, for the undisputed junior welterweight championship of the world. Canelo Alvarez has announced his fight after next fight. Um, He is just a supremely confident human being. uh, Being able to schedule two fights uh, in a row as he is looking for a home for in and around the Cinco de Mayo weekend. We'll get to Canelo versus Billy Joe Saunders and Manny Pacquiao versus Ryan Garcia. It's been back and forth. Is it going to be a fake fight? Is it going to be a real fight? Let's put our feelers out there and find out how much money this thing's going to make either way. Okay, people hate it. Real fight. Um, <laughs> <laughs> lots to talk about with uh, Manny Pacquiao and Ryan Garcia. If you all were wondering what happened to the conversation last week, we had two competing stories that contradicted one another on the Pacquiao Garcia front. So we decided to remain mum on the subject, but now the floodgates have opened. Yes, indeed. All right. Welcome to episode 302 of the Boxing Rant podcast. If you haven't subscribed to the show yet, subscribe to the Boxing Rant YouTube channel. Um, We are in two different locations, but we are bringing you the best podcast in the fight game Today, uh, subscribe on the Boxing Rant YouTube channel, the audio version of the podcast, of course, anywhere you can find an audio podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Stitcher, CastBox, all over the place. And follow us on Twitter at VinceCummings81 and at the Boxing Rant and drop by the website for links to everything. Everything. Uh, TBR vomit galore, right? <laughs> Bukaki links. Everywhere. <laughs> scattered through the boxing rant.com. Um, so be sure to drop by the website, check it out today. All right, then let's dispense with the pleasantries. Caleb plant versus Caleb Truex. That was a, uh, an interesting fight, huh? Yeah. Yeah. It was an interesting card. I don't need, dude, I don't remember a card one that was on so early. Right. But that had so many fights that I don't think anybody knew were happening. It's almost like Al Heyman sent out invites for people to come and fight to, uh, last night. And uh, it was like, I don't know, there's a snowstorm or something, and only like three people showed up. It, it just was random. 
Um, the order of things was random. The way that the uh, like the the Joey is it Spencer or Joey Porter? Joey Spencer. Joey Porter played for the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, correct? That is correct, sir. Oh man, you could tell I'm an expert at sports. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, and uh, just the whole presentation of it, man. It was one of those Alice in Wonderland, psilocybin mushroom menageries of misinformation. They were supposed to unveil this massive uh, PBC fight schedule. Uh, that didn't happen. They talked a little bit about Anthony Durrell's going to headline himself a uh, a Fox show because, um, you know, he's definitely in his prime. Anyways, I'm rambling on here, Vin, but the lead in to the main event of this fight, and we knew on paper the main event of this fight was going to be rough enough to watch as it was, but dude. Don't ever put Rancis Bartholomew on television again. He should be banned from the networks. Quality control for Fox should have caught that before he even ring walked. Yeah, I don't I don't understand how that guy keeps getting like premium spots. I you know, the guy just put he's been putting people to sleep for the last 3 or 4 years. Like you got to be smarter than that. And I, and I know everybody got excited about the uh uh Michael Coffey and Darmani Rock, I mean, if you got excited about Darmani Rock, I mean, just that whole ordeal, like, I, I said it last night while I'm watching it, like, I'm, I, thank God the Flyers were playing last night, because I'm flipping back and forth, I don't want to watch, I don't need to watch all that garbage, like, that shit is, is legit trash that the PBC put on Fox, that's why it's embarrassing to be a fucking boxing fan, people, it really is, like, watching what whatever that was from from all angles like we were talking about it before we started the show the little promos they were doing like showing the the best fighters in the 168 pound division they're they're completely leaving like the best guys off the list uh, they're they're putting Avni Yildirim up there what are you guys doing like this everything was so just disjointed and terrible and and i i, I got to be honest man at this point, when it comes to Caleb, Caleb Plant, you got to you got to say it like he is on this, this this these three title defenses that he's had. I can't think of anybody worse in the sport with three title defenses than Jerwin Ancajas. Like that's 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 this that's the level run we're we're watching right now. Where it's getting to the point with this guy where it's like, look, man, you have got to prove it against a legit fighter. All the skills are there. It looks pretty. Caleb Plant is a pretty fighter. Like he's he's easy on the eyes to watch box. But I don't know. Like I don't see a killer instinct. I don't see anybody who's forced to do anything that they're that they we already know they can do. Like every performance kind of looks the same. Caleb Plant being Caleb Plant. And I know some people are like he fights to to the level of his competition. Uh, but where's that competition that we're seeing where we would be able to say, you know, uh, his game will be, you know, when he gets in the ring with a legit champ, he'll lift his game up. It's not going to happen based off of what? Yeah. What do you, what do you, what are you basing that on? So that the whole point with him at this point is look, you got to fight a decent fighter, man. Everybody sees you're good. Everybody sees the talent, but if you're going to look, if you're going to get a Caleb Truax step on the gas, Ninth, tenth round. I'm, I'm begging him. Like, dude, he's done. Laying a four or five punch combo. The, the ref, he's begging to step in. He's begging. He, he, he wants to step in. Do something, and he wouldn't. 
and it's disappointing, man. It really is. I, the guy's a legit fighter. I, I do believe he he can you know compete with the David Benavides, but dude, you got to get in the ring with somebody. Just show me against somebody, please. Yeah, that's the thing for me with with Caleb Plant. That's been like it's not even. A, I don't even know if it's a question that can be answered by stepping it up in competition. I just I'm not questioning his toughness or or his motivation in the ring. It's it's like none of that. It's just I don't see like w- like what is Caleb Plant going to do if he fights a guy like David Benavidez that has a level of physicality to his game and a level of aggression to his game. I'm sorry, man. Like the like the Floyd Mayweather 400 punches thrown in a fight, that's not going to win a fight against David Benavidez when you don't have like another elite capacity with it. People want to say, well, like, you know, look how slick Caleb Plant is. It's like, it's, it's hit and not get hit. Well, well, yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Like with Floyd's Floyd's style, you know, throw 400 punches in a fight. He landed and, and did not get landed upon. That's not what Caleb Plant's doing in there. He's boxing the way that he boxes. He's very reluctant to put anything together. Like you said, step on the gas. And, you know, I kept seeing this right hand land solidly from Caleb Truax all night long. So don't give me this hit and not get hit. If Caleb Truax had anything whatsoever left in the tank, those right hands would have been hurting Caleb Plant, or if it was a different fighter. So don't give me the hit and not get hit. I mean, he got caught with probably, what, 20, 25 good, solid, straight right hands? Yeah, he was getting caught. Uh, And it it just boils down to this, man. It's like, look. Dude, everybody gets it. Everybody sees it. The level of competition you're fighting, you're not showing anybody anything. We're seeing the same thing. I don't. It's not good for him in a way where you get into you start to get into a pattern of, of like fights being easy. So when you do get pushed, I mean, God forbid, we're talking about David Benavides. This guy's talking about fighting Canelo Alvarez. I, I see a fighter that has nothing on his punches to offer for Canelo Alvarez or David Benavidez to be scared to do, to, to, to even make them think twice or think for a second about doing whatever the fuck they want to do in the ring with him. Yeah. I, I Look, I think that they want to maximize what they can make against Canelo and losing to De- David Benavidez is not a priority. And I don't think that Caleb Plant thinks that he's going to lose to David Benavidez. I think that he believes in himself and I think he'll go in there and try to win the fight. But the people that are are driving things and directing things are keeping those two apart, hoping to get a Canelo fight because a loss to Canelo will make Caleb Plant 10, 12 million dollars, right? A loss to David Benavidez for 2 million dollars and then that Canelo fight not being there anymore, that's not good for that's not good for Caleb Plant business. So that's why he is on I wouldn't even call this the Deontay Wilder plan. This is more like a Gurry Russell or Adonis Stevenson plan. Even before Adonis became a duckness, I mean, you know, he went in there and did the deal against against uh, Bad Chad Dawson. He did what he had to do, right? You know, I compared it to the to the rise of the Charlos. It's like, okay, guys, thirty years old here. Let's uh, fight somebody. I I, I kept having this thrown in my face last night that, well, hey man, Caleb Truax is ranked in the top ten. He's ranked everywhere. ESPN, Ring Magazine. This is legit. I'm like, dude, I mean, between Canelo, 
And remember, he just arrived at 168. So let's not act like he's been there since like the days of Mikkel Kessler, Carl Frotch, and Andre Ward, right? He's been there for five minutes. So without Canelo, it looks even worse. But damn, if if it's not fucking super top heavy, right? You know, it kind of reminds me of 2013, 2014 light heavyweight division. You know what I mean? Where it was like three guys at the top and then it was like, oh, fuck, man. He's, the rest of these guys are really bad. We're having to stretch, pull up 168s to get to 175. This division is awful. I, I think you're being generous by calling it top heavy. I don't even know if there's a legit top without Canelo. Well, but, but here's the thing. That's, that's coming from a place of 100% true belief in the nastiness and the skills of David Benavidez. I'm, and I, I'm with you on that. The dude's a two-time division champion. And he's never lost a fight. The dude goes out and just blows coke and then gets in the ring and fucking dominates. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm all here for guys like that. If he could just, why is a cokehead having problems making weight, Ken? Because <laughs> he's a giant. Have you seen that reach? Dude's got heavyweight reach at fucking 168 pounds. He does. He's huge. As long as he is like semi-focused and, 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 and beats the scales, I, just, I don't. Skills-wise and what you see in the ring from him, I don't see anybody but Canelo that would give him any problems. And I don't think Canelo wants anything to do with that, to be quite honest with you. The best matchup in boxing, in my opinion, is Artur Baturbiev versus David Benavidez. Oh, my God. That is just fucking violence. Violence. That would be like, okay, this is it. This is the last fight. <laughs> right. It's like Gandalf standing at the gates of Mordor being like, well, this is the last war. <laughs> the only thing we can have is a hope. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, all the drama that you could smear all over that tasty cake. Like, that is a fucking fight I think everybody would want to see. Um, God. I was shocked when I Googled, and I, I thought he was like 26 or 27 at this point. He's 24. But if the personal life is unpredictable, as they say David Benavidez is, I would imagine he'll probably be a heavyweight by the time he's 30. <laughs> He just looks like out of the ring. I just see him, and I'm just like, that dude kind of looks like he belongs as a boss on the streets. Like, <laughs> just fucking breaking necks, dude. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, we're pumping some rainbows up his ass, you know, planting planting skittles up there and seeing seeing how much they'll grow. Um, you can say David Benavidez. I mean, at least he's had you know some decent fights. You know what I mean? Like Caleb Plant has put on what I would equate to as as absolute fucking snoozers against guys that are suspect so the whole the you know the whole like storyline like of oh well once he steps up in competition i mean you're really gonna see what he you know what he has to offer i'm just sitting here like based off of what he's looked boring against like unspectacular fighters so that's what you're basing that off of so when he does fight canelo or I mean, God rest his soul or protect his soul if he ever fights David Benavidez. Um, you know, it's like, so that's when it's like the monster's going to come out, right? He's going he's gonna to all of a sudden have like this this dog that Terrence Crawford has where it's like, what, motherfucker, did you just hit me? Well, now I'm going to kill you. <laughs> right. I, I just don't see that happening. And look, we can go back and forth about this, man. I said it last night during the fight while it was happening. Caleb Plant is really good. Yeah. He is. He's really good. But, man, this style, you can't drag this out, man. He's too fucking boring. You know what I mean? Too boring. Yeah, there's a that there's a, a plateau for that type of style as a fighter. 
And especially, I'll be honest with you, as a as a white fighter, like I I just don't know, man. I I I want to see, like honestly, I'd like to see the guy be good. Like I'd like to, as as a white boxing fan, it is nice to have a white fighter from America because we don't have any. Who do we got? Him, Joe Smith. And... I'm one. I'm I'm one percent black, so I uh, I'm leaning that way. <laughs> You know what I'm saying, though. Like, yeah, I'd love, I'd love to see him do good, but I, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I, I need to see it, man. You got to prove it against somebody. Enough's enough with the bullshit. Yeah, it's getting a little old. It's getting boring. Um, I think that that's a, you know, it, it's, it's just that. I don't want to tune in for this. And it's a colossal waste of fucking time, dude. You know, it was so funny. Like during that entire telecast, I, I have to give, uh, Brian Kenny and Sean Porter credit for one, for being able to have as much information on these guys as they did. Because I'm sitting here thinking to myself, I'm like, they're really trying hard to provide some backstory and stuff. But when that fucking heavyweight fight came out, man, it was it was Coffee versus, what was the other guy's name? Darmani Rock, son. Darmani Rock, right? Sean Porter couldn't even stay in character. There was like three times during that fight where he is like, you know, the first time he goes, I mean, I don't really want to say it, but it don't look like he stays in too good a shape. And he would start laughing, you know, as if he's like watching the fight with his buddies. Like he's like giggling at how sloppy this guy looks. And he's almost laughing at himself. Seemingly caught himself like, am I really sitting here trying to fucking sell this guy to, to the public? Am I getting paid? Am I getting paid right now to talk about this fucking fight here? But I give them credit, man, and especially fucking Brian Kenny, dude. He, I mean, he is—he tries to like be hype, be on top of it, and find that one thing with it's just a little, a little off, a little controversial. You know what I mean? Like he stay, he he just keeps on digging. Good for him. I, I don't know. I don't know to make fun of it or to just applaud them for trying to do their job. And then that stupid fucking graphic that you talked about at the at the beginning of the show then the partial 168 pound division they didn't want it to look sparse so they took like one of their prospects and put it on there and then it like started this battle of the douchebag boxing idiots right and then fucking <laughs> Mike Coventure is chiming in going well if you're gonna have Morell on there you gotta have Berlanga on <laughs> <laughs> and they're acting all serious about it. Legitimate boxing fans like uh Berlanga's a prospect, dude. He's like, yeah, but I'm just saying for the sake of having Morel, you can't have him up there without Berlanga. Oh my you know, god. You see how serious these idiots take themselves to. It is wild. It's wild. I almost thought I was I was having a really bad trip when I <laughs> I got on social media and saw like a round table discussion between Max Kellerman, Chris Mannix, and Mike Coppin. <laughs> <laughs> the reason why they exist as individuals is because every once in a while they get together, <laughs> right? <laughs> and reinforce those views, you know. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Imagine just being a fly on the wall. It's almost like walking through an office and the secretary and the HR rep are standing by the water cooler, like talking about the game the night before. Hey, did you watch that that New York game last night? Yeah. Yeah, they won 7-14. to 14. Yep. <laughs> and you walk by it and you're like, oh, shit, you don't even want people like that. 
knowing that you're a sports fan. Yeah, right? You don't want to have that conversation, dude. <laughs> the worst conversations ever about sports are with somebody who is clearly forcing some type of knowledge that they like they heard on the local news last night. It's like, dude, I don't even fucking know what to say to you right now. You don't like sports, clearly. Dude, it's like the um it's like the origin of the of the old man Bronner and the hand speed. Bronner? Brother got the hand speed though. You know, like the whole origin of that is you in an electrical supply house and some old brother in there just just spitting knowledge on somebody. I mean, he <laughs> spitting venom just being like, Brother? No, oh, that that hand speed though, man. You seen Brother? He do got that hand speed though. He he oh, do he... got that hand speed. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be on display. Uh coming soon. I can't even I might even, I don't know, his Instagram account's way more. I look forward to, to that more than I look forward to him ever fighting again. I've, you know? I've, I've uh, ventured to Instagram and thought, eh, maybe I'll do it just for AB. And then I just, I can't do it, Ken. I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right, Vin. I know I said I was going to do it in this order before, but let's keep it in the division. Okay. Let's do that. Let's do that. So Canelo Alvarez versus Billy Joe Saunders is official. Um, even though, you know, Canelo... He he's not going to be looking past Abneil Durham. We don't do that when we make fights after a fight we haven't fought yet. But um, yeah, uh, Canelo Alvarez versus Billy Joe Saunders, the WBO champion, uh, in an attempt to unify another belt into Canelo's lap at 168 here, right? But a 168-pound champion that was not, his existence was not even recognized on last night's fight card. Billy Joe Saunders is not a player in the 168-pound landscape. Here's the secret, though. You and I already knew that. <laughs> <laughs> that is a fucking fact, my friend. But come on. Yeah, you can't leave him off the graphic. At least put him up there. Oh. He's, funny. He's funny to look at. <laughs> I just, to me, I, like, look, I get it. He's another fucking champion from the 168-pound division, and I'm going to get called a Canelo hater for the 10,000th time because I'm pointing out that these guys aren't really that fucking good. But I'm going to tell you how good Billy Joe Saunders is, Ken, real quick. He's about that much better than Callum Smith. That much. That's not enough to do anything. Like, I, I started thinking about it last night, and I'm like, if I if we knew that this was going to be the run of three fights, right, it was going to go Callum Smith, Avniel Deerham, and now Billy Joe Saunders. And I said, all right, Ken, I'm going to throw some odds out there. Total rounds that Canelo loses in those three fights, I'm setting it at minus four or under over under at four and a half rounds. What are you taking? I mean, if it was the Billy Joe Saunders that used his thinking brain <laughs> against Andy Lee, right in a in a fight that I completely underrate. Apparently. Yeah, of course. <laughs> if it was that Billy Joe Saunders, um, yeah, no. I mean, is Canelo going to lose a round? No, he's not going to lose a round to Avni Yildirim. So is is Billy Joe Saunders going to win more than a round, maybe two, maybe if he's fucking lucky? Like this run sucks, dick, dude. It really does. You forgot to mention the uh, uh, the ghost of of Crusher past. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm not even like I'm, I'm I won't even hate on that. It is okay. The achievement of moving up, fine. I get it. Not, and it's a it's a scalp of a big name, right? It, it it holds a little bit of weight, not a whole lot, but and I know it's not his fucking fault. But this goddamn run, I it blows my mind. It's this is and it's not like I said, it's not his fault. This division, 
stinks. You said it was top heavy. I don't even think it's heavy. It's just there's nothing there. There's no substance outside of Canelo and Benavides. And this fight, really, honestly, I'm sorry, people. Canelo Alvarez is going to fucking dominate Billy Joe Saunders. Who has Billy Joe Saunders fought that will prepare him for this fight? Motherfuckers fought two current and former champions in his entire career. Uh, Andy Lee and who the fuck else? I can't even remember. David Lemieux. David Lemieux. Yes. Those are like the like the lowest tier champion you could fucking think of. Like The guy is not prepared for this kind of fight. Tyson Fury even said it himself. A good friend of Billy Joe Saunders. Billy Joe Saunders has been far too inactive to fight Canelo. Had he been active, I give him a chance against Canelo. But an inactive Billy Joe Saunders stands zero chance in this fight. Canelo's going to win fighter of the year this year because of how dominant he is going to look in fucking taking over this division and being, I don't know, he will. I keep thinking David Benavides still has that WBC belt. He doesn't. Canelo's got it. He will fully unify this division and be fighter of the year. Guaranteed. I mean, lock it up. Lock that shit up now. Yeah, but you just overlooking uh, Caleb Plant, Sweet Hands. You, you can't be overlooking Sweet Hands. We just spent 30 minutes talking about that. About you, that fool. You think he fighting sweet hands next, or he going after an old G at 168 in September? Um, my bet is it'll be a white guy. Yeah. Um, that that is, that relationship with Eddie Hearn's been uh, fairly lucrative in the form of fair skinned gentlemen. <laughs> yes. Um, it's an interesting way to spend one's prime years. That is for certain. Um, there are other fights around. If he really wanted to, and this is the problem, and you know, there will always be some level of hate against Canelo Alvarez. It, there will always be some level of hate be, because right now he could be fighting Jamal Charlo and Demetrius Andrade, and he could just literally be silencing factions of fans if Canelo is as good as everybody says he is, right? Right. Now, you can call me a hater if you want to. He is ranked number two <laughs> on our pound for pound list. So we at the very least think he's the second best fighter alive today, right? <laughs> but we hating. We hating. And to keep true to the hate, man, it's just Billy Joe Saunders is kind of pathetic, just in general, right? There's people that are still saying, well, you know, you guys underrate the Chris Eubank performance. I'm like, oh, geez. Chris Eubank doesn't even fight anymore, does he? You know how raw Chris Eubank is raw now. You know how raw he was five years ago? Dude, we've been pretty fucking clear on this show about Chris Eubank is an imposter moonlighting under his father's good name that he created. I mean, Chris Eubank is as legitimate a fighter as I am a porn star. Let's just put it that way. Okay. (laughs) There's a tape of it somewhere out there. Film does exist. Um, so let's just keep it that way. Let's keep it where it's at so the legend can grow, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sorry. This isn't a, a wine or a whiskey that's been sitting and it's time to pop the barrel. You know, it's at it's at the perfect point. No, Billy Joe Saunders is expired. Dude, you know, that I, is B- Billy Joe Saunders is not fine whiskey that is ready to be uncorked. He is curdled milk that is ready to be put down the drain yes i keep seeing people 
and uh, they're you know probably Billy Joe Saunders fans that are taking it to this point, but it's like you'll hear somebody say, "Well, Arislandi Lara is a slick southpaw, and he gave Canelo fits, so Billy Joe could." He's like, "It's like no, 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 no." That Arislandi Lara in that fight, that was Arislandi Lara at his absolute peak. Do you know how good Arislandi Lara was at that point in time? He was, that was seven years ago, Vin. Yeah. Se- I mean, that was a fucking eternity. He was legit then. Billy Joe Saunders has never, ever, 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 ever touched that level that Erislandi Lara was at that night. And Canelo Alvarez is so much fucking better than he was in that fight that night that it's not even funny. So your argument stinks. Please don't use that argument. Billy Joe Saunders has proven nothing as a fighter, Ken. He just beat Martin Murray. He didn't look good doing it. I can't think of a fighter who's had a more fucking just disjointed, uh, what are we doing with your career? There seems to be some level of talent here, but you clearly don't give a fuck about utilizing it. So why would any boxing fan care and why would any boxing fan watch him and think for a second that he stands a fucking chance against Canelo Alvarez, man? Good for Canelo for unifying the division. He's fighting who he's got to fight. But like you said, there's a Jamal Charlo out there. That is the fight. There's a Demetrius Andre out there. All those guys will come to 168. They'll do whatever fucking Canelo wants to get that paycheck. Golovkin is a tougher fight than these guys. Benavidez. So I want. I just want to say that clearly there is a crop of four gentlemen that are way better than the four gentlemen he has chosen to fight. So just please fucking recognize that. This is not saying Canelo Alvarez isn't great and doesn't challenge himself as much or more than any fighter in boxing does. But this is real. This is happening. Four tough guys, really tough fights. Not really entertaining. These four fights, all happening. Being signed in succession. Knowing it damn well what's going to fucking happen. <laughs> oh, man. Just wait until fucking Sir Edward of Hearn starts planting Skittles up. These diehard Billy Joe Saunders and casual UK boxing fans. Dude, there'll be fucking rainbows shooting all over the fucking United Kingdom. I think, I, I think Eddie and Canelo are, are a bit sweet on each other, Ken. I I believe it. Look how they dress. I, you know, people dress like that tend to like sweets. He's uh, he's sending Eddie uh, panda pajamas. Eddie's taking pictures, putting it on on fucking Instagram. They're just this is a budding love affair. Well, I think Canelo wants to be. It's like it's like playing in that fucking like like the really good game. But you want to get invited to that poker game where there's a couple marks. That's the where the big fish. Where the you know where the fucking big money is. And Canelo is just jockeying for that invitation to the fucking elephant walk at Sir Edward of Hearn's garden party. You know what I mean? Canelo feasting on that white meat, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't be much of an elephant walk if it was all white meat, would it? <laughs> Canelo's like, I know I dominate this motherfucking elephant walk. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, it's... Look, man, Eddie gonna Eddie. And now Eddie got, at least for the next two fights... He's got AJ and Canelo. So Eddie doing just fine. Oh, he's doing just fine. Um, all right. So uh, the big question is, though, Vin, because, you know, with Canelo having assumed the mantle of, 
you know, uh, of Floyd Mayweather. This is his Birdo fight <laughs> coming up in, in Abney Yildirim, although Yildirim's never been accused of being a gatekeeper to anybody. Um, the big question is the Cinco de Mayo uh, date. Well, it just so happens that Cinco de Mayo falls right in between two Saturdays uh, this year. And so is it May 1st or it's May 8th? Well, I tell you what, there is a um, THC-induced geriatric running loose in Las Vegas who has went ahead and got call-ahead reservations for the MGM Grand for May 8th for a super fight unification between Josh Taylor and Jose Ramirez. And Bob says he ain't moving off that date. So will Canelo's Johnson, will it be at thrombosis? Will he have the reach to push them off of that date or is Canelo just kind of being swallowed by the niche sport that is boxing and he don't have as much sway as he think he do. I, I think he coming in on May 1st, Ken, cause, and they're just going to say this is Cinco de Mayo weekend because Canelo fights this weekend. <laughs> hey, it's still in May, right? It is still in look, I, I, You know, this fight, this Taylor Ramirez fight for me is the most like, it's the most intriguing, the best fight on paper. Everything about it says fucking war. It just, I, I cannot envision a scenario where this fight is boring. Can you? No, no, no. This is, these two are, styles make fights was a term that was the, uh, coined because of this matchup. Yeah, they're just, they're just two dogs. I mean, we know how Jose Ramirez fights. We know Josh Taylor will do whatever it takes I, I just, you know, I, I hope at that point in time there are fans allowed there because this is a fight that I would travel for. Yes, yes, this is definitely. Um, look, Chocolatito Estrada, Josh Taylor, Jose Ramirez, like these are the big fights of the first half, yeah. right? Um, and potentially, and potentially, um, the Tyson Fury versus Anthony Joshua. We get those three fights in the first, and the you know the first, well, I guess third of uh, the first quarter. No, third. Eh, whatever, man. Matt's never really been strong, but you get really good fights and you put them really close together. It's fucking awesome, man. <laughs> <laughs> right? I'm like trying to get like all like fucking philosophical and intellectual about describing <laughs> three good fights si being situated so close to each other on the calendar. <laughs> These fights aren't socially distanced, Ken. Oh, not far enough apart. I, I dude, you know what? When you have this many big fights, and we haven't even talked about another one, dude, you end up throwing in Manny Pacquiao versus Ryan Garcia and the potential of that. And hopefully, it seems like all the stories are aligned out there uh, for the potential of that fight. It that fight only has value as a sanctioned bout. That fight cannot be an exhibition. And hopefully, that was just some people putting some stories out there to try to get feelers on on what the uh, public would be most interested in, because that is a fight where there's going to be some minimums that need to be met. Um, so there's going to have to be some kind of expectation of the returns on the fight <laughs> and an exhibition that ain't going to do that. No, I mean, as soon as that uh, exhibition shit was floated out there, the immediate reaction from every single person was like, what I would know this, this is not like as a real fight, this is one of the best fights on the schedule, if not the most intriguing fight on the schedule, because who knows what the fuck? I mean, I don't know about you, Ken, but lately when I see pictures of Manny Pacquiao, boy, I just see old. Like, I see an old man. I'm not saying he can't do it. 
I just it seems to me like in the last year, like it it's finally caught up to him a little bit. And and the explosiveness of Ryan Garcia, just the the possibilities and I know everybody, you know, as a real fight, I think everybody's the majority of people think well, he's going to get hit by Pacquiao, and he's he's not ready for that. This is going to be – he's going to get knocked out. Pac's going to fucking – he's going to ice this kid. I don't know if I believe that anymore, man. I, I don't know. I mean, I, it's just the, the, the explosiveness of Ryan Garcia is something that, well, at the age of 42, I don't know the last time he's seen something that explosive, Ken. Keith Thurman certainly wasn't. No. I mean, it doesn't shoot across the room like it used to once you reach that age, that's for sure. <laughs> Usually just wipe it off your belly. <laughs> just a few dribbles. <laughs> I call it drool. I mean, that's really all you can call it once you get past 40. But I, you know what, man? I tend to, like, I agree with what you're saying, but I disagree about Pac's um, ability to put a punch out there. And I think that it will. Dude, Luke Campbell dropped him, all right? And Luke Campbell is not a power puncher, and that was at 135 pounds. Now, uh, look, Ryan Garcia's got the frame. They're they're saying that this is going to be a catch weight between 143 and 147. So anywhere in that range, I mean, Pacquiao walks around at one at at 145. So yeah. I mean, he's ready to go. Yeah, right. Um, I think that Pacquiao does look really old. Triple G looks really old when you look at him. You see that weatheredness. Um, I think Sergey Kovalev drinks just enough to always look a little alert. You know what I mean? Now he's he's licking frogs and shit and tripping and all that bullshit. Now. Yeah, yeah, he's doing some. You know, he's got some tricks up his sleeve. But no, there's some fighters out there that have you know that have been around that, that have some mileage that are definitely looking um, old in the face. I, yeah, I think this layoff is is awful for Pac. I, I bet you the whole you know being in the government over in the Philippines during a pandemic. I bet you he's been stressed out. I mean, I'm not equating what he does over there to being the president of the United States, but, you know, you kind of use that math there. I mean, I, I've never seen a president that that uh, that leaves office that doesn't look fucking 15, 20 years older than the day that he took office, you know? Yeah. So, I, you know, I don't know. I, I can't even, like, quantify any of that. It may not impact him at all because he's fucking Manny Pacquiao, and he's not even human. So he may he, he may stand on top of a mountain, after a brisk fly to the top and be like, <laughs> pussies, you know, <laughs> eh, let them, let them get a few needles put in them. Ken, let's, let's have this thing be full go, buddy. Uh, I'm all about it. I'm, I'm, I'm all about If you're that some- fucking old, like, go ahead. You yeah. deserve to take a little. I, look, man, he's Manny Pacquiao and Ryan Garcia is very flawed, but very, very interesting. And I see, enough Amir Khan in the way that he steps out of the pocket that um, that the senator from the uh, Philippines, if that fight ha- does come off, is going to drop Ryan Garcia a few times. I Honestly and truthfully, the last thing I want to see is Manny Pacquiao get knocked out by Ryan Garcia. <laughs> That'll really sort of take some of that fucking shine off of the uh, the knob, you know, that was the Keith Thurman scalp. Winning that championship at that age in his what was it? His fucking 28th, 29th decade in the sport. I mean, you know, getting knocked out by Ryan Garcia and all the girls being like, ah, oh, Ryan, not down. Manny Pacquiao. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want, I, I, I don't want that for my boy. Is that what they're going to say? 
Yeah. No, look, I'm kind of with you more. You know, when you start to think about like Ryan Garcia can't fucking stay dialed in. Like, you know how how fucking turned on you have to be during a fight with Manny Pacquiao to not get caught. Like you, you slip up for one fucking second. You take one straight step back with that chin up there like that. Manny's going to lunge forward with a straight left and a straight right, and you're going to topple. I mean, yes. it's the same with, same thing happened to Keith Thurman. He got lazy, backed straight up, and got dropped. He wasn't hurt that bad, but he will. Pacquiao has the power to just immediately put your lights out for a split second. And he can do like, what do you, how many times does he fucking knock down, uh, what's his name, Algeri? Seven, six, seven times? Like, he just. I, it's going to be tough for Garcia to uh, survive, and the longer the fight lasts, it might not be pretty for the youngster. <laughs> oh man, this is like this is exactly why I want to see it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's one of these things. I just don't want to have to go through, you know, what you went through that night that we were at uh, Sergio Martinez versus Miguel Cotto. You know what I mean? Like I don't ever want to experience that. Like I, I still to this day when I if I'm ever becoming too emotionally involved with a fighter. You know, I just think about the breakup between you and Sergio and the night that he took your lip gloss off your nightstand. Uh, <laughs> and I don't, I don't want to feel that way. And if that had, if Ryan Garcia, let's see, Ryan Garcia, he would take the lip gloss and put it on too, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but I don't want to see him mark my boy. That, I just, I, I don't think that that would be too traumatic for, for my psyche. Yeah. And that's, you know, I was thinking about that and I was the whole time that he was going to possibly fight Mikey Garcia. I'm like, no, I don't want Mikey Garcia to be the guy. It can't be Mikey. It can't be. I'd rather have to eat crow off of that after, after the, uh, as much as we fried him for the uh, Errol Spence. Oh my God, dude. I just, uh, that would have broken my fucking heart. Thinking about Ryan doing it, I was like, ah, you know what? He's fucking 42. I get it. Right, right. Ryan's, I, I'm interested in what this kid has to offer the sport. Mikey, you're not doing anything, buddy. Picking no. up paychecks, son. No. Manny Pacquiao was promoted by the WBA. They've created a new uh, Pacquiao Emeritus uh, Gigantus uh, Campione belt for Manny Pacquiao. They've elevated him to a god now. Um, so he is no longer uh, playing with mere mortals. I, I don't know what this has to do with, with anything uh, I would, I would have thought, but then again, I mean, the WBA, they aren't the brightest bulbs in the box. That's actually, that that's very clear, especially the way that they've managed their heavyweight division. You would think that the dumbest human being that has ever like, you know, like this fucking afterbirth that came alive, like came alive, right. Is making fucking decisions about boxing. Okay, that has been the level of intelligence of the WBA. So you would think, well, hey, I mean, Manny Pacquiao and Ryan Garcia. Oh, it's going to be sanctioned. Well, why? We should be the ones that sanction that because that's going to be a massive amount of money. And, you know, Mauricio Suleiman in the corner, like, hmm, what can we call this belt? You know what I mean? (laughs) Rubbing his hands together saying, yeah, I'll sanction the fuck out of this. Give me that million dollar sanctioning thing and I'll give you this fucking Mayan Aztec fucking Tegulsi Gapa fucking Tenochtitlan belt. You know what I mean? <laughs> Tegucci Gapa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I just this is it's counterintuitive to the idiocy that is the WBA, is it not? I mean, yeah, <laughs> Trevor Bryan just won a WBA title in the heavyweight division this weekend, beating Berman Stavern. Yes, Don. Ber- Ber- yeah, Berman Stavern. Yes, the guy who's one and three in his last four fights fought for a WBA tricket last. Or it was Friday night. Makes sense. Yeah, it makes the, sense. The fuck, but uh, WBA is it, lately, buddy? No, no, but seriously, is it like, is it like legit, legit? Did they get, uh, did Frezzo Kendo sign off on that? Is everything cool? Yeah. Yeah. So Frez was like, yeah, you guys can go ahead with that. Sure. <laughs> as the, as the reigning WBA champion in recess slash retirement. Um, yes, go for it. <laughs> Dude, they're such a fucking, like they have just, it's like the WBC jumped ahead of them recently uh, as the dumbest fucking Sanctioning by the WBA said, no, 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 no. That's that's our place. We will take that seat, sir. Thank you very much. So have they announced the uh, inaugural uh, breeder weight fight? The WBC breeder weight? <laughs> Not yet. Having a little, Not yet. Having a little trouble finding fighters, Ken. <laughs> having trouble filling those ranks. I saw like a mock top 10 that came out of names. I was like, oh, man, this is just. No, I mean, I think it's it's really starting to like reach a boiling point. Uh, with the sanctioning bodies, I, you're hearing less and less support of these guys. I mean, it's it's gotten to the point now where, like, it's it's changed the way that I am as a boxing fan because I used to be so much about, like, the drama and the glory. 15, 20 years ago, oh, man, I would have wore a load from, from Mark Kriegel. I would have ate that shit up. Like, right. I, you know, I was all into that. Like, oh, fucking mesmerize me, hypnotize me, talk me into believing that Billy Joe Saunders' style will give Canelo Alvarez fits, <laughs> right? Like, all of that. Now, I, I, it's just, it's gone now. Like, I don't even care about people fighting for stuff anymore. Like, I want to I want to get into an argument with these idiots that want to devalue, um, you know, the accomplishment that Terrence Crawford had you know, this, you know, the, the Spence fanboys that need to be like, oh, well, who'd you fight to like unify all these divisions? But it doesn't really mean anything. It's it doesn't it doesn't have the luster anymore. You know what I mean? Like they've made such a mockery out of everything. And I know everybody's talking about this right now and everybody's fucking frying them. But it's just so bizarre. And again, I think it just goes to the recessive gene that a lot of us have. And, and, and uh, I also think that it's just. People, boxing fans especially, really just need to accept the fact. Like, own it. Like, be like an alcoholic. I am an alcoholic. I am a heroin addict. I am a drug addict. I am a boxing fan, which means I am also an idiot, right? <laughs> right. For all of us to just now come together on this, it's, it's, it's fucking bizarre, man. It's it's so bizarre. Get rid of them all. Al Heyman, introduce your fucking belt for the PB. Would somebody just start a damn league already and see what happens? Oh, we don't we don't need another one. No, there's no room for a fourth fucking, you know, uh, a wing of boxing. There's already too many. It can't get any worse. Somebody fucking do it. Where's, uh, you know, if, if Dana White wasn't so busy fucking, you know, hanging outside people's front doors with a red solo cup listening in, to see if they're streaming <laughs> streaming the fight. Maybe he could dedicate his Zufa boxing or whatever it is. I don't know. People call me, you know, I, have, I have delusions of grandeur. I'm just like living in a fantasy land. Well, if we're all coming to grips with this addiction and we're all having this intervention right now, somebody fucking do it. I'll do it. Here, 
Here, Vince, right here. I'm going to take my belt off, right? <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. Let me get it off, right? So this will be the inaugural <laughs> the inaugural belt. It looks like the first division we're going to do is heavyweight. <laughs> <because> <laughs> this ain't fitting around. This won't even fit around a breeder weight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, man. It's just, you know, when you, to- when, when you dabble in a topic as absolutely just ridiculously insane as this one, talking about sanctioning bodies, don't expect to not go cuckoo for a second, man. You know what I mean? Take, take you a level above, uh, above Tyson eating shrooms on his podcast. <laughs> dude, I'm fucking loving that podcast right now, by the way. But, dude, <laughs> absolutely. That's fucking boxing. Like, boxing will sh- will strip you of your innocence as a fan. Like, you, you, you come to the sport in your 20s, and you're like, oh, man, this is awesome. All these fucking fighters and everything's great, and you're not paying attention to what happens anywhere but what's in the ring that you see and hear on the HBO broadcast or whatever it is. But then you're, you you mingle into the party a little bit, Ken, and you find that creepy motherfucker who takes you in the back and touches your wiener and ruins your fucking life for the rest of the time you're a fucking fan of the sport, dude. Whoa, whoa. That's what it fucking does to you. It's just, it's, you're like, after a while, you're just like, man, you fucking ruined it for me. You fucking ruined it. What are you doing? It's this this insanity. It's fucking insanity. This sport is ridiculous and grows more and more ridiculous every fucking year. Um, real quick before we end this charade, then, have you been following what Errol Spence has been saying, like in the argument, the back and forth between him and and Terrence Crawford? I know you, like as a general rule, don't really care about these two like talking shit about a fight that's never going to happen. But have you heard what Errol's been saying? Like he ain't really like all into that like legacy and glory shit. Like I've seen too many. I've seen too many guys that are worried about that and seeing how they turn out that ain't worried about their money. I'm like, oh, he definitely has the he has the eye of the tiger, doesn't he? Eh? <laughs> I dude, I see it. I see it with all these fucking guys, man. Crawford says it too, and it like I don't need him. So if I don't fight him, so what? I'm already a Hall of Famer. You know, you can't question. It's like, yes, okay, sure. But aren't you going to look back and be like, God damn, that one dude that everybody wanted me to fight for five motherfucking years. We couldn't we couldn't make it happen. Like, you can't tell me that these two cannot go to their promoters and make it happen. They, here's the problem. Those motherfuckers want twenty five mil each. Never, ever, ever has one of them ever had the profile that would get them that fucking money. So if if they don't step back into reality as to what their fucking paychecks are going to be for that fight, then we ain't going to get it. And they don't give a fuck. And I get it. They want to make money. Fine. Uh, Who am I to knock a guy for trying to make money, Ken? Good for you. But don't expect that people aren't going to talk shit about you as a fighter not fighting the possible best opponent you could get in the ring with. The, the, the legacy-defining fight of your career. All great fighters have one. Still waiting for yours, Terrence. Still waiting for yours, Errol, because fucking Sean Porter ain't it, buddy. So, you know, what are you guys fucking doing? And, and everybody that says at this point, like, it, it, it's gotten to this point between these two motherfuckers that, that legit diehard boxing fans don't even care to see the fight anymore. It's expired. How the fuck, like, you guys have let this sport beat you down that much? 
that this fight has expired and you don't even want to see it now? That's what this sport is doing to its fans. That's legit what is happening. The best fight that can be made in the sport. They've beat you down so much that now you're like, yeah, I don't even care anymore. Just give me some other shit. Let's serve me some other fucking slop and let me uh, string me along for the next big one, please. Drag me, what? Drag me by my fucking pubes to the next fucking big fight. <laughs> you must let them things grow long if you can get a handful. <laughs> oh man, but dude, how are we supposed to be excited? Like they're not even excited. Like. I- Dude, they don't care, so I'm supposed to care for them? Spence says this week, Ken, when Ugas gets elevated, now you got something I want so we can fight. (laughs) (laughs) Of course you do. Ayers has that thing that you need to fight somebody. What the fuck, dude? (laughs) The entire WBO, like, banishment is to try, in my opinion, a PR move to try to make Errol Spence Look better. It's to try to devalue Bud Crawford so they can avoid that fight. I mean, dude, I hate to say it, man, but in my opinion, I I agree, dude. Terrence Bud is 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 talking some similar jive that Errol Spence is saying. But I'm just getting the feeling from Earl. I'm gonna say it, Earl Duckett. <laughs> hey. Earl Earl might be ducking. I don't know what the fuck's going on there. And I just I'm so fucking tired of it. This this whole fucking charade. Here's what I'll say. I'll say that Tank Davis versus Tiafimo Lopez sells more pay-per-views than Errol Spence versus Bud Crawford. Yep. And that's the problem. And these guys don't underfucking stand that. They think, oh, we're gonna sell a million fucking pay-per-views, and he's gonna make forty million, and I'm gonna make thirty-five million. Now, take your seven, take your five, make the fucking fight. Like that's what it's worth. <laughs> you don't get to choose what your value is. That's not how about how about create some value? Yeah. How about try that? I mean, I get it, man. Look, dude, I live in the middle of nowhere. Like where I live right now makes the cut look like Washington, DC traffic. You know what I mean? Right. So I get it. I'm all about solitude and you know, I look, man, I'm no better than Errol Spence and Terrence Crawford. Live out in the cut. Want to be left alone most of the time. And then I show up every once in a while in front of a camera and fucking, bleh, okay, got that out of my system. <laughs> now, now I'm going to go back to solitude. <laughs> Look, right? I, I don't like, I'm not, I'm not here. To, I don't give a fuck what these fighters make. I really don't care. When you hear me say these things, I'm speaking from a boxing fan perspective. Like I, I want to see them as a fan. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to conjure up in my head from a fan's perspective what can make this fight happen and why it isn't happening? I, other than that, I don't give a fuck. Like, if these guys don't want to fight, fine, whatever. But this fucking sport, man, it's a, it's it's inability to produce the biggest fights at times. It's fucking, it just kills it. And I know there's a thing. You got fucking Wilder Fury. Now you're getting AJ Fury. Okay. Every once in a while, yeah, the sport does it. They get it right. Why can't, why, what is the holdup here? It would seem at this point, like you said, you said it, Ken. Somebody might be ducking. Oh, be ducking, Vince. Oh, shit. All right. Well, on that note, uh, it's time to duck on out of this podcast episode. What you say? Let's get out of here.
right. Well, we appreciate all of you tuning in once again. Episode 302 of the Boxing Rant Podcast. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you can get an audio podcast. Please subscribe, review, do all of that shit that you don't really feel like doing. But because we ask, you're going to do it. All right. Um, subscribe to the Boxing Rant YouTube channel today. Drop by the website, theboxingrant.com. That's theboxingrant.com. Links to the show everywhere. And follow us on Twitter at VinceCummings81 and at The Boxing Rant. So we'll be back with another episode of the best show in the universe. All right. Until then, thanks for listening to the Boxing Rant Podcast. But I'm the best ever. My style is impetuous. There's no one that can match me. I'm the most brutal and vicious and most ruthless champion that's ever been. My, my defense is impregnable. Anybody can.